What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we have an extra special Friday show with the four, the original co-host, John Kegley, on the show with us again today. So much to talk about, so we had to do it, but we're three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, and this is now our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team Every day. All right, guys. Well, you know, I might be fiending a little bit because the Chargers didn't make any splash signings since the last time we talked, but there is still a lot to talk about because we have the news today that Adrian Phillips has signed with the New England Patriots. So that's very bittersweet. He was a a big part of the team. So we're going to talk about that. And we'll also talk about the rumors that Chris Harris Jr. is telling people that he's going to play slot cornerback. So what does that now mean for Desmond King, who is an all pro level slot cornerback already? So we'll talk about that in the first segment. The second segment, we have some question. We have some fan voicemails about Justin Herbert's flaws. We also have some about missing out on Tom Brady and how to watch Chargers games if you live outside of the state. I know we talked about legal ones. I don't know if this is technically a legal one, but we'll get to that at the end of the show. But let's go ahead and get into it. On Thursday, the Los Angeles Chargers didn't go out and sign any more free agents, but they did have one of their own free agents go to another team. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. Charles Robinson, a Yahoo Sports reporter, reported on Thursday that Pro Bowl safety Adrian Phillips has agreed to a two-year deal with the Patriots. We do not know what the contract details are on it at this point, but the Chargers lose an integral part of their defense. Last year, he wasn't able to play very much, but when he was in there, he had one of the highest pro football focus grades of any of the Chargers defenders. And since he took over as the team's dime linebacker when the Chargers were ravaged by injuries a few years ago, he has become just such a huge part of this defense. He helped them so much being able to tackle an open space and be able to cover guys out there as a linebacker when he never really fit in to either safety role. So David, the Chargers see one of their better players from the last couple of years, a guy who didn't cost very much money and the Chargers signed to a one-year deal last offseason. Now he's with the Patriots. Yeah, you hate to see uh, Adrian Phillips, a guy who's been with the Chargers for six seasons, go to the Patriots, but the Chargers wouldn't give him a multi-year deal. I'm sure he went to the destination that showed him the most love uh, as far as contract and money is concerned, and that's why he found himself with the New England Patriots. But he was a very productive player and very tenacious player with the Chargers. He, you know, this is a guy that was cut eight times in his NFL career. You know, he got walked into the office got let go, kept coming back, kept fighting until he eventually found himself as a core special teams player. Then after he earned that role as a special teams player, he moved on and fought his way onto the field and into the defense, you know, turned into that dime linebacker role, was known as a glue guy in the locker room, a guy everybody got along with. You have to admire that perseverance when you get knocked down so many times and get back up, you start to play extremely well. This is a guy that the Chargers are definitely going to miss, his versatility. He was a good player. The Patriots obviously valued that, and they gave him the contract that he was looking for. And the Chargers lose not only a part of their defense, but like you said, a part of their special teams as well. And they already lost Derek Watt to the Steelers, who led the NFL in special teams tackles last year. So the special teams players for this season, undrafted guys, maybe guys picked in the later rounds, they're going to have to find some guys to step up 
in that area. But another rumor that has gone around this week is that Chris Harris Jr., who was recently signed to the Chargers, is going to go back to playing slot cornerback, which is only news because the Chargers have a guy who plays at an all-pro level in Desmond King, who plays in the slot. So David, now with Adrian Phillips gone, with Chris Harris potentially moving to the slot, where does Desmond King go from there? Because he doesn't seem to go play outside very much, and the Chargers don't seem interested in using him that way. So Gus Bradley adds another weapon, but he's going to have to figure out how he wants to use all these guys because two of them right now seemingly play the same position. Yeah, they certainly do. And you also have to have to think about, you know, on the outside, last year's starter, Michael Davis, was given a second round tender this year. So they obviously believe in him and they feel strongly about wanting to keep him on the team. And, you know, so that means where does Desmond King play? Well, he could move to safety. There are rumors out there that he could potentially move there. He's practiced that. You know, they've tinkered around with with putting him at safety in practice. We've never seen it in a game. He could also take over Adrian Phillips' dime linebacker role. You know, obviously there's a void there now. Chris Harris can also play outside. Chris Harris Jr. has some versatility inside, outside, but he said that he does his best work in the slot. The numbers back that up. So it's an interesting dilemma to have for Gus Bradley, but you add another weapon to his defense, and I'm sure he's going to have a great time picking and choosing who to put on the field and what formula works to get the best results on Sundays. And you would hope that it would be somewhat matchup based if one of those guys has a better matchup against a receiver that's coming into play. But I think it's better to have too much talent and not know exactly where to put it than have not enough talent at all and have to stretch guys playing different positions. But the Chargers definitely are going to have to figure it out. Gus Bradley is going to have to do one of his better jobs of trying to make this super talented defense all gel on the field because chemistry is such an important part of defense. And we've seen that with Chargers teams in the past really lacking that. And it also brings up, like you said, Michael Davis on the outside. So as of right now, it still seems like the Chargers need to fill that outside position outside of Casey Hayward, but we just don't know if the Chargers feel that way. But we do have two more segments to get into. We need to get into some fan voicemails before we wrap up the show with some free agency grades coming up right after this. All right, guys. Well, it's time to get into what we do every single Friday and get into some fan voicemails. You guys have really brought it strong. I know I talked about that yesterday. We had to do a voicemail show because you guys had sent in so many voicemails. So we have three to get into today. We have Barnaby from the 805. We have Matt from Oregon and Chris from LA. So we have two first-time callers, and that's something that always gets me excited. And we have maybe our first caller from Oregon. I think it might be because I don't think we've had another one from Oregon unless they just didn't say but if you guys want to get on the show the number is 323-524-7924 but let's go ahead and get into it let's hear what Barnaby a long time caller has for us this week hey fellas it's Barnaby from the 805 just want to first and foremost say I hope everybody is safe out there all the Charger Nation folks the faithful um it's kind of crazy what's going on I'm actually more worried about the economy uh rather than this uh virus but um I just hope everybody's safe um, like David said, it was great to hear the podcast, hear some football news, take our mind off it. So a couple questions. I'm, I'm really kind of shocked. Uh, props to John Kegley for saying the Raiders weren't interested in Tom Brady because I really thought that would happen, but it looks like uh, it's down to the Chargers and the Bucks, and it makes a lot of sense. They need to fill some seats, and, um, you know, the whole nation's already talking about the Chargers right now, so it makes sense. I think we might actually go and pull the trigger, so let's go. might pull the trigger. Uh, but here's my questions. One is, can we have a meet and greet at the uh, new stadium? I'd be really uh, 
interested to meet you guys in person. I'll be at the season opener with my family. Uh, it'd be really cool to meet you guys. And uh, two is uh, I've done a lot of research on Herbert, and I don't see any flaws in the kid. I'll, I kind of want to know um, what are the flaws in Justin Herbert because he was a beast at the Combine. Um, he looks pretty damn good, man. I mean, he throws some pretty accurate passes. The, the six foot five. I mean, he just looks like he can play. And uh, you know, we might not get an early pick like this anytime soon again. So maybe we go with Herbert. I don't know. But I, I've heard he's quiet. He's not a leader. But why can't we have someone else be a leader on the team? We don't need the quarterback to always be the leader. Why can't Keenan Allen step up into that role, or Joey Bosa, or or even our new uh, acquisition in Trey? Uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Uh, what say you? All right, boss up. Hope you guys are safe. Talk to you soon. All right, so he has questions about Justin Herbert and the flaws of Justin Herbert. And one thing I will say is, yes, I agree that he had a great combine. I agree that he looks the part, a super tall guy who's physically, I mean, thicker than I think some people think. He seems like he has the right body type to be able to sustain hits in the NFL, and he's obviously pretty fast. So I think he has all the tools, and we've talked about that before. The tools aren't the problem, John, with Justin Herbert. So when I talk about my biggest issues with Justin Herbert, I'm not even really thinking about the leadership and those things, even though most teams want that out of their quarterback. I agree the Chargers have plenty of leadership and guys who are vocal enough to take that role. But when you're talking about Justin Herbert just as a quarterback, I think the biggest issues come with how is he going to process in the NFL after he played at Oregon with that widespread out system because we didn't see him have to make a lot of progressions in that offense. There was a lot of screens, a lot of short passing, a lot of just rhythm throws into wide open windows. And the other thing was is even when he had those open receivers, you saw some pretty bad throws at times, some overthrows balls landing at the feet of wide receivers and even when he got it there the ball placement the precision the really sharp accuracy for me just wasn't there and that's something that's really hard to teach but John what do you think the flaws are in your mind for Justin Herbert exactly what you had just mentioned that inaccuracy that he has I'm not really confident in his accuracy I feel like you're going to see a guy who looks like he's going to be a star but then when it comes to that throw that really matters it's not going to make its spot you're going to either have a throw that's thrown behind the wide receiver, so he has to stop and catch it, and what could have been a touchdown is now only a 30-yard gain, or it's not a catch at all, and the receiver is getting blasted, or he's going to overthrow right. them. And also, that what you mentioned as well, is he was in a, in a system in college. And personally, for me, I don't like quarterbacks that are in systems because you're, you thrive in that system because you were recruited for the system. They didn't build the system around you they built you around the system. So guys like Jalen Hurts and Herbert are guys that I want to probably take really like second, third, and fourth looks at if I'm a scout or Tom Telesco or Anthony Lynn because you got to make sure you know that this guy can turn into whatever you want him to be because you're not going to have the Oregon system there. You're not Chip Kelly or anybody like that that's going to have this really good system that you can just go, okay, this guy fits my system. I'm putting him in there. But and just, if, oh, sorry. If, you were to re- if, if you were to really think about it with his height, does that matter? Yes, but look at Russell Wilson. That guy's short, and he does a lot of stuff. Tua looked really good at Alabama with his height. So I don't think height should really play a factor nowadays in the NFL with the ability to roll out of the pocket and then be able to see the whole field. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think the other thing about Justin Herbert specifically is the chances that the Chargers take him if he's the third quarterback left and if Tua and Joe Burrow go before them is pretty high in my opinion just because I think he looks like the safe 
choice. I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over very much. He looks the part. He has the rocket arm. He didn't have a ton of turnovers like Jordan Love did. He doesn't have the injury concerns of Tua. So it just seems like the low-risk type of quarterback the Chargers would be all in on. And at the same time, they passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. So I think that they're definitely trying to address it. Yeah, one thing that kind of concerns me a little bit is his record in you know, games that are decided by 10 points or less. According to an article on, on NBC, he's only three and five in those games. So Anthony Lynn said that he wants a winner. I mean, that doesn't exactly, you know, constitute as a winner. But I mean, he did win a lot while at Oregon. And I thought for the most part in the big games, games against Auburn last year and the big games against Utah, he performed really well. It was, you know, the game against Arizona State that really brought his season down a lot. But we're getting carried away on that. We have a lot of other voicemails to get into so let's get matt from oregon who's a first-time caller and has an answer to the question of one of our previous callers hey guys matt from oregon just had two quick points for you last week excuse me last week it sounded like somebody was looking for a way to catch chargers games live if you buy the nfl game pass it's a hundred bucks a season and then get yourself a vpn a virtual privacy network it's about seven bucks a month and on the VPN, if you say you're from another country, like Venezuela or somewhere down there in a Latin American country, um, you can watch all the games live. Uh, second off, I want to know what you think about Derek Brown. I feel like we need a blue chip player in the middle of that defensive line. Him and Jerry Tillery next to each other could probably do pretty good and then help free up Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram off the edge and, uh, Really help the defense out overall. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Thanks. Bye. So, first of all, let me just say that I don't necessarily know if that's legal, so I'm not sure if I'm allowed to endorse it, but caller from before, if that's a way you can get the games, then I'm very happy for you. But getting to Derek Brown in the middle, and first of all, thank you for you know going and telling that because that is something good for people who live out of state maybe and need to watch the games. But going back to Derek Brown in the middle, this call happened before the Linval Joseph signing when the Chargers brought in a defensive tackle. And I think Derek Brown was something that probably wasn't going to happen because the Chargers invested a first round pick in Jerry Tillery last year, even though Derek Brown is in another category altogether than Tillery is. The Chargers don't usually spend that kind of capital on that position specifically. So I don't know if it would have happened regardless. But now with Linval Joseph, I think the question still is like we talked about yesterday, do you have that guy that can be the penetrating force at the three technique instead of Justin Jones or Jerry Tillery? But it looks like for now, David, I mean, Derek Brown's basically totally off the board if he wasn't already because of the Linval Joseph signing. Yeah, and and also Derek Brown's been drop, dropping down draft boards. I mean, in the beginning, he was, you know, a consensus top five, top ten pick, and he's since slid a little bit, you know, because of some concerns. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Linval Joseph signing really addressed those needs. I mean, Tom Telesco has done a great job of addressing needs, signing guys that will fill holes on this roster. And at six overall, I think, you know, the only type of player that you're going to pick there is either an offensive line, uh, excuse me, an offensive lineman that's going to start right away or a quarterback for your future. Or a premier defensive player like Isaiah Simmons. David, I know that you're high on Isaiah Simmons. I've listened to all the mock draft Mondays. So I, I know that as well. But we do need to get into the next caller. I do think Derek Brown is basically out of the question. But we do have one more caller. This is Chris from L.A., another first-time caller. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Chris A. from L.A., first-time caller. 
Man, dude, I am so down on this Brady not signing with the Chargers. Uh felt like letting uh Rivers go and then I don't know, everybody else is signing everywhere. Oh man, I, I don't even know what to say right now. Um I, I wanted to hear from you guys just what were your thoughts on Brady picking the Bucks over the Chargers? I mean, I feel like as a Chargers fan, that's a slap in the face. I feel like we have way more options on, on the offense. We have a better defense. Um, also, I wanted to hear what you guys thought about uh, Tyrod. You know, is he the guy? Do, do we go for a quarterback in the first round? It's Tyrod. You know, I'm thinking if we have Tyrod and we go into the season with him, in my mind, we're, ta- we're tanking, you know. Um, I'm looking at the draft. I'm thinking Cincinnati's going to go Burrow. I'm thinking the Redskins are going to go Young. I'm thinking the Lions are going to go Simmons, most likely, with Patricia being a defensive-minded coach. Uh, Giants, at that point, you know, you got to protect your quarterback. They're probably going to go Wills. And then, you know, with the Chargers luck, the Dolphins will probably get Tua. So, I don't know, man. I just feel like with the Brady thing and with our pick, I mean, I feel like getting Jordan Love would be nice, but it's a bit of a reach at six. Anyways, sorry, I'm running long. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, hope to hear from you. So that's a lot to get into right there. I mean, I think uh, there's a big chance that the Lions end up going with Jeffrey Okuda instead of going Isaiah Simmons. There's going to be a lot of tough decisions out there, and we don't know if, you know, maybe they don't go Chase Young at two, the Redskins, that is, and they decide to go with Tua. So I think a lot of different things can happen, but I understand what you're saying there about Jordan Love being a reach. I think we all kind of agree with that, and I think two of the three of us would take Tua at sixth overall, but none of us are sure if we're willing to give up what it takes to move up. But going back to what you said about Tom Brady, I think most of the Chargers fan base is pretty split on this. We have always been a show that has kind of said, I don't think that you're going to get more out of Tom Brady at 43 than Bill Belichick was last year, even given the lack of weapons that they have. And I would argue that, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers weapons are pretty good. I think Ronald Jones is probably the biggest question mark out of USC. I think the other guys, I mean, having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, at this point in Mike Williams' career, I think of the production that those two guys had last year, you could say that they're probably the top duo in the NFL, even though, you know, Mike Williams could get there. I mean, his potential, his ceiling is high enough, but I think they do have pretty good weapons. First round pick tight end, OJ Howard. Their offensive line was much better than the Chargers last year, and the Chargers still currently don't have a left tackle. And David, they wouldn't have been able to fill the other holes that they did. So if you would have brought in Tom Brady, but you don't have a right tackle or a left tackle or another premier cornerback or a defensive tackle, I mean, that was just a team for me that wasn't really going to make any noise. To your credit, you know, you put an excellent tweet out on our Locked On Chargers Twitter, Locked On LAC, where you put Bulaga, Harris Jr., and Linval Joseph is greater than Tom Brady. And if you sign Tom Brady, you don't get any of those guys because that eats up pretty much all of your available money. And you solve three needs, you know, with the moves that you made. And you only would have really put butts in seats with the Tom Brady signing. Obviously, he's, you know, done had an incredible career you know he has six championships he's been in the league for 20 years you know he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time I think that's not you know really up for debate but at this point in time the difference between Tom Brady and Tyrod Taylor who's currently slated as the starter right now for me I don't think there's too much of a difference there I'm always in favor of adding and addressing multiple needs and then instead of eating up a majority of your cap space for a very, very old quarterback. 
John, you feel similarly? My feelings are, thank God we did not get Tom Brady. I feel like he is overrated because I believe he is also a system QB. Bill Belichick's system helped him a lot. If, if he goes to Tampa Bay, he might have some good numbers because he's pretty accurate. But is he going to – are all the players going to work for him? Are they all going to be at their spots for him like they were with Belichick? Probably not. Is Brady going to be able to take control of that team? Probably not. You know, And with the Chargers, if you got Brady, you eat up all your cap space. There's no offensive line for him. He's just going to get sacked like Rivers did. And I don't think Brady can pull a Phillip Rivers and somehow get 4,000 yards with no offensive line. Yeah, exactly. And even the spots that they would have had if they didn't sign Bulaga are sketchy at best. So I think we're all on the same page with Tom Brady. I understand the allure. I mean, he might go down as the greatest quarterback of all time, at least in a lot of people's minds. So I understand how missing out on that isn't very exciting. But I think you've seen a lot of the Chargers Twitter and especially a lot of people that know what they're talking about really liking the moves that the Chargers ended up making. But Saying that, I mean, we do have one more segment to get into because we're doing our free agency grades up till this point before the weekend starts coming up right after this. All right, guys, so I wanted to get into some free agency grades because you see grades out there all the time. You know, Bill Barnwell is doing grades for a lot of the players on ESPN. So there's a lot of free agency grades out there. So I was wondering what you guys would give if you're doing a letter grade, you know, A plus, B minus, those kind of things, what you would give for not only each individual signing, but the job that Tom Tulesco has done so far in free agency in general, their total free agency grade up till this point, obviously knowing that Tom Tulesco likes to strike late and we could see more moves coming up even as other players around the league end up getting cut. So John, I'll start with you. First, I want to get your thoughts on the individual grades. So please give me letter grades for Brian Bulaga, Linval Joseph, and Chris Harris Jr. For Linval Joseph, I'm going to give that one probably an A minus. I would say you could have probably gotten a, a, probably a better defensive tackle for the same price, but you can take what you, you can take what you get. He's not a guy that's going to be in a Dominican Sioux, but he's still going to eat up space in the defensive line. And then with Chris Harris, I love that signing. Is it the greatest signing? No, it's I'd probably give it a B, but I like that signing a lot. As well, though, that's a guy I really wanted for our system, but he did cost $10 million. And with Balaga, I'm going to have to go that one a B as well, only because of his injury history. If, that, if it wasn't for the injury history, that would be an easy A+, plus. but the injury history worries me, so I'm giving it a B. Yeah, I think if you're talking about you know he's going to come in and start all 16 games and have very minimal injuries, that's an A+, plus because you know he's going to perform. He's been so consistent throughout his career, and last year when he was on the field, he had no signs of slowing down. I mean, look at the games he played against Khalil Mack. He won a lot of those matchups, and that's something that's not very easy to do. John, first of all, perfect job. Super short, super sweet. Great analysis. I love that. John or David, where are you going for your three grades for the three big-time players the Chargers have brought in so far in free agency? All right, so we'll start with the right tackle, Brian Bulaga. My grade for that is an A-. minus. I absolutely love it. Obviously, if you listen to the show, then you know that I'm, I was a big fan uh, of Brian Bulaga out of Iowa, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm really exci- excited that the Chargers were in line with with that focus. You know, when they brought in James Campin, the writing was kind of on the wall. They brought him in, got him in for a great contract over three years, thirty million uh, for a starting right tackle in this league, one of the better right tackles in the league. I love the move. So the only reason it's not an A plus is because of what John said with the injury history. Obviously, missing 45 games in your career. You know, and having two torn ACLs is a little bit of a concern. Uh, the Chris Harris Jr. move, uh, obviously, you know, we've 
gotten a very close look of at Chris Harris Jr. over the years. I mean, with him with the Broncos, he is a tenacious player. I love his attitude. He's the type of player you hate to watch against you, but would love if he's on your team. He is on our team now. I give that move an A. I love it. I think he's going to make a big difference in you know just adding more talent to the defense. And speaking of making a big difference. Linval Joseph, the defensive tackle, I'm giving it a B only because of his age, and I think there's a couple other guys that maybe would have came at similar price tags that would have been a little bit younger, but this is a guy that's going to make everyone's job on the defense easier. He's going to get pressure in the middle, allow the pass rushers to really get get after it and be able to not worry about you know the quarterback being able to step up in the pocket because Linval Joseph is going to eat up double teams. This is a guy that is massive. If you haven't seen him, you need to look up Linval Joseph right now. He's 6'4", 329. He is a mountain of a man. So I think Tom Telesco addressed needs, and he got starters and proven veterans that are going to help this team immediately. Yeah, and I think you can either look at either Locked On Chargers or the Chargers Twitter to see a video of him running out of the tunnel and absolutely just depleting a sound guy coming out and just <laughs> laying him on his back. And, you know, it's a guy who's hoarding toilet paper or whatever. But Limbaugh Joseph is an easy guy to like. I mean, he just brings so much beef to your defensive line as well. And a guy that with that beef can actually move around with it. I mean, he's so much more agile, I think, than people give him credit for, or at least you want to see from a guy that plays his position. But for me, starting with Limbaugh Joseph, I'm going to give that move a B plus because I think, I mean, if you look at some of the other deals out there, I don't think the Chargers really paid that much. I know they're betting on a guy who's having a down season, but We've already documented it before. His bad season is better than anything Brandon Meebane brought in those four years outside of maybe his first season with the Chargers. So I think when you're looking at this, you're looking at what he's replacing when you're doing these grades. So I'm going to give that one a B plus, a guy that can get some pocket push, a guy that's going to be a gap filler and is absolutely going to help your linebackers be freed up to make tackles and also be able to string plays along the line of scrimmage to stop those big cutback lanes and lead to missed tackles like we've seen in the past. So for me, that's a solid B+. Moving on to the Chris Harris Jr. move, I'm going to say that one's a B- because I think even though the deal itself, two years less than $20 million for a starting corner, even if it's a slot corner, those things are all getting so mixed and matched these days anyway. So many teams run three wide receiver sets. So, I mean, every cornerback position on the field is super important. So I like that, but I'm giving it a B minus because right now, as I see it, he's replacing a guy that was already pretty damn good for the Chargers. So I, the reason I'm, I, you know, I'm moving it up to a B just because I love his grit. I love the attitude that he brings. He's one of those guys that is kind of like his teammate, keep to leave a guy. You really just don't want to mess with a guy. You don't want to see in a dark alley because his nickname is strap Harris. So bringing in a guy like that and having him on your side, like David said, is something I really like. So I'm going to give it a B even with the uncertainty. And for Brian Bulaga, I think it's an A- minus because like we talked about a little bit yesterday, even if you have him out there for 14 games and you have to go out there and play two games with Sam Tevy, the difference between their play is so monumental that it's still worth it if he has to miss two games. If he has to miss two games, he's still worth more than $10 million dollars per season. So I think that was another really good deal, especially when you see Jack Conklin, who's a few years younger. I'll give you that, but he still ended up getting $14 million per season and $4 million is veteran depth. Like that's, that's a whole nother player. So I think that that is why I would give that one an A minus, even given the injury history, but let's just look at the broad picture here to this point in free agency. John, what are you giving the Chargers for an overall grade? I'm going to give them an A-, minus, because I'm also including the Austin Eckler signing 
and getting Hunter Henry to the franchise tag. I I like that they brought back two important players while also adding to positional needs, not getting any stupid signings, just positional needs. But like I said, that injury history of Balaga is really, really big to me because if he goes down, we're back to Sam Tevy. So that's why I can't give it an A+, plus, but A- minus is my grade. I like that a lot, and I think that's a good reasoning for it. David, what would be yours? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I like everything that John had to say. I mean, I have an A- minus for my grades. I love the fact that they went out and grabbed veterans to bring into this locker room, the guys that have proven the ability to perform well in the NFL. And you're getting those guys, and you're getting upgrades across the board uh, at positions that they're going to play and you know just adding talent you, you, it's amazing what Tom Telesco has been able to do when he, clearly his feet are being held to the fire so for me the overall grade is also an A minus yeah I think the overall grade for me is going to be an A because I think it would be an A plus if the Chargers didn't still have a few really big questions first of all the quarterback position right now you're going into it with Tyrod Taylor the only reason I'm giving him a slight break and he's still getting an A, Tom Telesco that is, is because I didn't really like the options out there very much. I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that much of an improvement, a $60 million improvement over Tyrod Taylor. So I really wouldn't have wanted that. Tom Brady, I'll pass. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, I think could have been a, a pretty good fit, but not for $30 million a season. So can't really hold that against him. I think the Chargers filled two and a half needs on the on this team right now. You filled your nose tackle need. You filled your right tackle need, but you haven't filled your left tackle need so far, which kind of pits you in a pretty hard position in the draft because you don't really have certainty at the quarterback position or the left tackle position right now. And I don't want to hear about how much faith you have in left tackle Trey Pipkins. And I'm pretty high on Tyrod Taylor as far as I think that there's no way we talked about a voicemail call earlier saying they're going to tank because they have Tyrod Taylor. I don't think Tyrod Taylor in any way is a tanking season. I think the frame of where he could go is somewhere between seven and 11 wins. And I think if you have a dominant defense, that could be enough. But I think the Chargers so far, Tom Telesco navigating this free agency, missing out on the biggest free agent, Tom Brady, but still being able to go and sign three starters at under $10 million a season. Huge fan of everything that Tom Telesco has done so far in this offseason, besides getting rid of Phillip Rivers. I think that that's something that could be argued. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We should have a lot more for you guys next week to kind of wrap up free agency after the next few days pass and we see if any under-the-radar deals happen. I mean, we could see that over the next few weeks. But until next time, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. Thank you guys for all your voicemails this week. If you want to get on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. But we will talk to you guys next week. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.